Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, January 7th, (laughs) and that means uh, that your mailbox right about now, in the last few days probably. I got mine last week. You did? I did. The Lutheran Witness hitting mailboxes. I was on vacation still. I was reading it over (laughs) breakfast. You're still on vacation. Let's be honest. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) Let's be honest. Not really sure what I'm doing right now. (laughs) Who is not on vacation? Rachel Bomberger, managing editor of The Lutheran Witness. And she's probably already working on like the June, July issue. But uh, actually, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm not ready for that yet. No, I'm not either, apparently. So I'm working on it. (laughs) But let's talk about the January issue Light for All Nations. what this is it's a new year um it's a new calendar year we've been in a new year since what the the end of november beginning of december new right, church yeah. year yeah but light for all nations tell me about it well <laughs> we had one i had wanted going into a convention year for us to have a couple of issues where we sort of went back to our our roots a little bit and so i've always found the witness mercy life together paradigm really helpful for thinking about the work of the church and so january was in my mind going to be witness month which works out so well because in epiphany you Mm -hmm. talk about the revelation of christ to all nations to the gentiles not just to the jews and so it became a really wonderful opportunity to explore themes related to missions, to evangelism, um, to witness, and also to epiphany. And right yeah. on the heels are, uh, of our LCMSU conference, yes. rightfully themed <laughs> witness. Wow! And you'll see a familiar face from that. The plenary speaker, Mark, Reverend Mark Wood, also wrote a feature article for mm-hmm. us. And I believe he's joining us this week. He is. I have to go check my email. Yes, he is. <laughs> Yes, I saw the confirmation. Okay, so there, there was a wonderful sort of uh, synergy happening there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't even like put the, the epiphany connection into all of that, but now my mind is blown. Did you just Monday, have an so. epiphany? I did just have an epiphany. Oh, man. But oh, this, this issue in, for me has been one that I've wanted to do for a while, because if you talk to people out in the broader church uh, family, these days you hear a little angst a lot of the time, and rightly so. If you look at the, the Pew Religious Landscape survey, the most recent one, which showed that nuns are the second largest religious group in America after mm-hmm. evangelical Christians. And by nuns, we have to clarify yes. here. N-O-N-E-S, right? Yes, the people okay. who are asked, what is your religion? And they click check none of the above. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a, a huge cultural force in our time. And then also, if you look at our State of the Synod issue, you'll see that the membership in the LCMS overall is following on trend with every other church group in America. And you're seeing a contraction there to numbers that we haven't seen in a few decades. Mm-hmm. And so people are starting to worry a little bit. Is our church in trouble and yet there's also this positive side people are starting to ask one another how can we make sure that we are sharing the gospel in our communities that our churches are very much centered on that that beautiful gospel reality uh, and not distracted 
by mm. the things that aren't aren't going to help us in the long run. Mm. So it's it, it's been a really uh, good season, I think, for the church in terms of examining ourselves and saying, how can we do this? Mm-hmm. What makes the Lutheran approach to uh, witnessing and missions different from other denominations? Um. Uh, well, a lot of things, actually. <laughs> but one one in particular that I really think uh, Mark Wood did a wonderful job of explaining in his article is we realize that it is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that brings people to salvation. And this takes a lot of the pressure off. It's not on you. Your neighbor's eternal destiny isn't based on your personal ability to win souls for Christ. Mm-hmm. You are called to tell the story of Jesus and to live in his grace. And the word of God will do what the word of God does, which is create saving faith in the hearts of of people. And there's something so beautiful and so liberating in that. Mm -hmm. I know when I was, was younger and hanging out with, you know, more... Uh, evangelical <laughs> sorts of folks. There was this constant, like, have I done enough? Mm-hmm. Have I, have I, I can't say that I've actually personally won any one soul to Christ. Something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But no, we realize that's, that's the Holy Spirit that will do that. And we are, we are free to focus on the gospel. And when we're free, then we see and, and find the joy yes. in being witnesses and sharing in our master's joy uh, as we get to share this good news of Jesus and even more so when when we get to witness someone uh, hearing that gospel and 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 see that that faith you know we don't always get to see that and that's that's no. that's not what it, witnessing is about but certainly it is a joy for us mm-hmm. uh when we get to you know see that yeah when, and it's such a joy we had we had at my at my church two uh young children were baptized yesterday mm-hmm. and just the whole place was almost in tears we were so happy for this event that took place and it, it is it's a joy to be part of that of of God's work mm-hmm. of bringing people into his family mm-hmm. there are three things that i cry at publicly <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> or when I'm sitting, you know, in, in front of watching on Facebook. So, is uh, one of them baptisms? Yes, I know. Yes. I cry at baptisms too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're right in in realizing that we may or may not get to see sure. the fruits of our of our witnessing. Um, one of my favorite articles in this issue is a, a biographical look back at Theodore Nather, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the CMS's like first uh, overseas missionary who went to. India uh, in the 1800s, uh, late 1800s. And if you just look at at, at his numbers, <laughs> not so great. Well, no. <laughs> um, it was five years before his, his first non-Christian, you know, convert came into the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're looking at single digits for most of his mission work. And this was despite him getting up at like 3 a.m. every morning mm. to do his work as mm-hmm. a missionary, writing hundreds of tracts, talking to everyone, preaching, teaching. What His energy was undeniable. But when he died, he didn't have a lot to show for his mission work. Except if you look at India today, mm-hmm. there are many, 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 many Lutherans. And, and he... Nather's work started this ball rolling that became a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. And so you never, 
we're we're called to to do our thing whether or not we get to see the fruits of that but god is doing a big thing in us and did a big thing in through the work of Nather. Mm-hmm. See now you've got my interest peaked, and I'm just wanting to read the <laughs> so article. So we're just going to sit here in silence sit, and sit read. read the article. <laughs> well, and I also see who wrote the article. I know we need. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's a little busy these days. Oh, Heather, Heather Smith. Yeah, she's our. She she wrote this article and did a great job. Um, I'm really always pleased when I get to work with yeah, her. I well, love all the little facts she digs up. <laughs> she's good at research because, yeah. I mean, she's great. I'm so glad you got her for this article because, <laughs> well, because of all the history. Like, she's fascinating. Yes. Yeah. I, I just love reading Heather Smith's writing because of all the history. Like, yes. she does the research that I don't have to do then so that I can read about the great history. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love it. She makes me lazy, but because uh, I get to read all this good history and I don't have to do the research. She does a fantastic job of it. Oh, so, <laughs> Sorry. I just Wow. All right. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> but also makes me smarter. There you go. I, it makes me lazy, but smarter because then I don't have to do all the research. But that's that's a good thing. All this good stuff in, you know, the, this great history. There's so much we can learn from this history, like uh, this missionary and Nather. You know, so much that we can learn. And all there's right. a there's a timeline on the bottom I of see that, that story, too. I know. That's where I was lost and why yeah. I was distracted because it's I was really looking cool at... It's really cool to look at. Because it's visually appealing and I see numbers and things like that that I want to follow. Like <laughs> looking at all the years and all the pictures. It's it's so cool. All right. Others, other other highlights from the, the January issue before I take us down rabbit holes. Well, uh, one that I particularly uh, enjoyed working with the author on was uh, an article by uh, Matthew Garnett Mm -hmm. entitled Lutheran and Unashamed. (laughs) I thought, you know, if we're going to be talking about how Christians share their faith, um, maybe we should hear from someone who came into the Lutheran church as an adult and hear about his journey. and this was a very interesting story for me personally because uh, Matthew Garnett, even though he is now a layman, uh, I think he drives a truck for a living. He was at one time an evangelical pastor who was actually on the staff at a megachurch. Hmm. And it it wasn't what he needed. Right. <laughs> and so he has a really, really compelling way of talking about the sort of journey he took uh first out of faith entirely and then back into the church but in the lutheran church um and how meaningful that has been for him and for his family and i I think for me it was really helpful i've been a lutheran you know pretty much my whole life Mm -hmm. um but to hear what that was like for someone coming in from the outside what they found what has been valuable to them and um it might not be what you think Hmm. Well, now we're going to have to go read that one, too. <laughs> but I think that is that is a, an interesting thing uh, for people who have been uh, Lutherans since, you know, they were babies, that we we tend to take things for granted or we don't uh, see the value in the things that we have until someone points them out to us and says, hey, mm-hmm. you know, you have something really valuable there. You should, like, pay attention to that. It's an entirely different and very helpful pr- perspective mm-hmm. on, you know, the beauty of our church. Your quote, the, the quote from him that, that stands out in this article, I spent better part, the better part of 10 years as an ordained evangelical pastor, eventually ending up on the leadership team at a mega church. Eventually, the pressure of feeling like I had to put on a highly entertaining, high energy church service so people would, quote, decide to be saved, got the best of me. Now, I'm going to go read this. So if you need me, 
You've got my interest. Thank you. If you need me, I will be hiding somewhere so I can read the entire issue of the January edition of Lutheran Witness. Thank you so much, Rachel. Always a joy to to have you in studio and take a look at the January issue. I'm going to go read. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.